This episode is brought to you by Skinny Pop Popcorn. Perfectly popped, endlessly delicious. Oh, so light and crunchy. Skinny Pop Original Popcorn is the snack you've been searching for. Made with just three simple ingredients, popcorn kernels, sunflower oil, and salt. Snacking never felt or tasted so good. Perfectly popped, endlessly delicious. Give yourself permission to snack and pick up Skinny Pop Original Popcorn today. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. From your morning podcast to your afternoon playlist, State Farm knows you personalize your entire day. And that's why State Farm helps you personalize your insurance with the State Farm Personal Price Plan. It offers coverage options that help protect what you care about most at an affordable price just for you. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices vary by state. Options selected by customer. Availability and eligibility may vary. Isn't the point of traveling to get away from it all? To feel the best you've ever felt? Then maybe you should check out Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. When your trip comes to an end, you won't need another vacation because you just had the vacation. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. This podcast is sponsored by Regatta Outdoors. It's a glorious spring day and you're heading out on a walk. What do you bring with you? A paper map? Plenty of snacks? Well, of course they're important, but any seasoned hiker will tell you that footwear is the first thing to consider. Whether you prefer relaxed rambles or challenging summits, comfortable and reliable shoes are essential. Regatta has waterproof and breathable footwear for the whole family, for every outdoor occasion. Discover the range in stores nationwide and at regatta.com. Hello and welcome to the podcast, the nature and countryside podcast from BBC Country Farm magazine. My name is Fergus Collins and I'm your host. And welcome to our new season of Mindful Escapes into the Green Outdoors in search of wildlife and wilder people. As well as heading out into beautiful landscapes as autumn stretches into winter, we'll be enjoying some episodes that the team and I recorded over spring and summer. So expect some soothing escapism at this dark time of the year. Our second episode sees me head to a wild island off the coast of Scotland. Called Handa, it is managed entirely for wildlife by the Scottish Wildlife Trust. It's an enchanting, sometimes haunting place to explore. My main quest was to witness the massive seabird cities that are sighted all over the cliffs of the island, but there were many other wildlife surprises along the way. You'll also hear the voices of my friends and fellow explorers, Joel Burden and Gavin Meredith. So come with me for a very privileged wander into a truly wild place. So I'm walking down a jetty towards a beautiful sea lock with craggy islands and cliffs behind me and seaweed strewn across boulders. And... <laughs> I'm here to pick up a boat with two old mates, Joel and Gav, expedition photographers and expedition historian. And we're going off to a seabird sanctuary called Handa, an island, which we can see is not very far across the sea lock. And oh, it's a beautiful, beautiful morning in the highlands. And I've not seen very many blue skies since I've come up here for a few adventures. But I'm expecting great things today. Uh, you can hear the sound of a stream just 
pouring out of the hills, running down a little beach, and then into crystal clear water. And mallard quacks. Well, there's some limpets we'll be eating those later. <laughs> You'll be eating those later. We are going to sample some. There's actually some good foraging here. We could do a little bit of a, a forage after we've seen. So I hope, oh, who knows what we're going to see today. Puffins, guillemots, a lot of species. And some massive camera lenses. Some massive camera lenses, <laughs> yeah. And yeah. some... Uh, the little crowd has gathered. little crowd has gathered on the jetty. So, just an exotic mallard so far. <laughs> the water is so clean and pure here. It really is. There's no algae. Maybe a lot of the sounds of cameras focusing. And here comes the boat. Wow. It doesn't look very big. <laughs> but it's so calm, the water. I mean, considering the first day we arrived here, it rained all day long and we got soaked to the, not just to the skin, but the inner dermal layers. It's a herring gull. Or is it? No, it's less a lesser black boat. Beautiful. Joel, you've been here before. What yeah. do we expect? Uh, well, hopefully some coffins. Um, I came before and arrived two weeks too late. They'd all left. Oh, so this is a great shame. Beautiful beach when you land. Um, yeah. And then just a lot of seabirds. Um, I'm looking forward to you telling me what they all are. <laughs> so we have to put on life jackets for this journey, which is uh, a jolly good thing, really. Reassuring. Yeah, yeah, yes, exactly. The common sandpiper skittering away in the shallows over there. And there goes the sandpiper. Yeah, yeah. yeah yeah, that's a little fish. But this isn't razor clam territory. I can't see any washed up on the shore. I just have to put on up life jackets now. Any last requests? Fronts will bring unsettled weather over the next couple of days. My sea legs are uh, very hardy. 24-hour forecast. Off we go. Oh, we're to handle. I'm going to turn off three. Five. Unless we see anything exciting. Five. Right by the edge. Right. So we've arrived on a beautiful sandy beach between two long arms of. Uh, rugged peninsulas and um, on the journey over it was too too loud to record but there were a host of birds on the water including a great northern diver and two red-throated divers which I'd never don't think I'd ever seen before which is rather wonderful and um, some black guillemots but it's just a so it's a it's a it's a, it's a treeless island 
and we've just had an introduction from the Scottish Wildlife Trust who run the who manage the island for a big big estate and yeah there's a lot of very interesting species here so we'll just have a little tour around there's lots of rabbits very very tame rabbits so you can see them scuttling all over the place and just feeding and who knows what we'll find but one of the saddest things is that they've got avian flu on the island which is affecting the arctic uh, the great skewer population so that's uh, that's a pretty awful thing that's been spreading around a lot of seabirds and wildfowl a bit windy heading up a slope skylarks here and meadow pipits Joel, do you know anything about the history of the island? Um, there was a... It was, uh, it was populated and there was... Uh, there was a queen of Handa who was the oldest... Uh, oldest woman on the island at any particular moment in time. But I think like a lot of... this part of the world, it... it was sort of cleared in the 19th century. Oh, really? 19th century and... Turned over to sheep or something. Sort of... Uh, population died but I think we're coming up in a while to the ruins of the old village. Oh interesting there's an oyster catcher. So see what's left there. So to look out for arctic skewers around the village. You see the uh, old man stewer sticking up. Yeah that's, uh, that's in the far yes, distance. like a pillar of rock or well, it is a pillar of rock. A sea stack. Sea stack yeah. That's it the old man of stewer. I love the Highlands, and you get these great vistas. Yeah, oh, it's incredible. See the distant mountains of Ascent to the south, and across this gorgeous blue water, and you can see the sort of turquoise beaches of heavenly. Sedge warblers in there. It's interesting. Yeah, there's a. Rat traps all over the island to try and reduce the rat population because they prey on the eggs and nestlings of seabirds. The problem with the rats that they would they eat the eggs, eat the eggs yeah, and, and nestlings, but mostly they just plunder eggs. They have a massive effect. Now they said there's Arctic skewers in this village here. Well, it's hard to say it's a village, isn't it? It's like a tumble of stones down a hillside, but this is a uh, Little colony of Arctic skewers here. Also called the parasitic Jaeger or Jaeger, uh, which is a. So it hunts, um, sort of steals food from other birds. They do all the hard work at sea, catching fish. Strange calls. Birds that I'm not familiar with. We'll no doubt come back to those birds later, but that's extraordinary. What a, what a strange noise. Yes, yeah, so all the hard work's done by the other birds, and the skewer comes in and bombs them. And uh, until eventually they 
drop it in that uh, other side end. So they steal food. Last inhabited in 1847. Yes, yeah, so this village um, it looks as though it was inhabited in, last inhabited in 1847, which was, of course, when the potato famine um, hit this part of the world. Not just in Ireland, but here as well. Here as well, okay. yeah. There was, it was it was a big problem in in the Highlands too, um, and it seems that there were 64 residents living here who who survived and left the island and crossed the Atlantic to Nova Scotia. Oh. Right? After which the island was no longer inhabited. That's an epic, eerie cause. I think that's a skewer up there. Right yeah, so it says keep your eyes open um, for great, <laughs> great skewers. Advice. Bullying bonksies, they're called. <laughs> Bullying bonksies, yeah. Inquisitive red grouse and thieving arctic skewers. Thieving arctic skewers. Nest here. Also known as the parasitic. If the skewers swoop towards you, hold up your hand and move on quickly to keep disturbance to a minimum. Oh, oh look, look, there's, it's chasing something. Yeah, is that a bullying bonksy? Yeah. Actually watching a bonksy at work. Oh, so what was it bullying me? There's a lichen, it's like a sort of tangle of like sponge almost, or tendrils of it crawling down the outside of this house. Looks like a mangy, long haired dog's <laughs> coat. Sort of rubbed itself against it, yeah. Uh -huh. Strange calls everywhere, lots of heather in this part of the island. And we're now climbing through a heather clad hillside with little burns that run peat coloured across the path and this is gaining height and I think that means we're going to come to the cliff edge it's about a mile I think eagle-eyed Joel has spotted some skewers in the grass there's two and they're lovely these are these are definitely so that previous one was a great skewer. These are much more delicate. These might be Arctic skewers. These are Arctic skewers for sure. They've got less um, sort of their the beak is it's delicate. fractionally less sort of vicious looking. Yeah, and they've got long slender sort of tail feathers. Yeah. That's they're really beautiful. Just the scenery here is unbelievable. It's so the island itself is quite bare, but you've got these birds coming out of the, the wild, and I'm watching one now with this great skewer, got a stumpy body with these broad wings, and flashes of white underside and over the top, sort of Lancaster bomber. Just saw here it's speaking to us. Big heavy set bird, quite menacing. A really beautiful shape in the air, as if like a child's drawing of that sort of shallow V bird in flight. There's another skewer coming overhead. They're very stiff little wing, light wing beats. That's a great skewer. Yeah, it's very invisible, very noticeable. Here we go. This is the calls of Arctic skewers. There's one sat down. Yeah, that's 
great skewer there, Arctic skewers just mewing to each other. Just amazing. In fact, they were getting cross with the, with the great skewer, I think. There's a huge bumblebee. Strange call from a skewer. It's like a great skewer. It's a slightly shorter tail, more brown body rather than sooty. The Arctic skewer is more sooty coloured. So we're, it looks like we're approaching a cliff edge. I'll give you a little commentary on what, uh, what we're going to see. The pool. Quick little look in the pool. This little fish. Yeah, little tiny fish. Like little tiny trout or something. Oh no, they're newts. I thought they were fish, but yeah, they've got legs. <laughs> they're probably palmate newts, there's loads of them. Well, it's amazing, isn't it? There goes a full motor overhead. Very stiff wings, like a miniature albatross. And like a, it's body like the hull of a yacht and uh, just zipped overhead <laughs> warning cliff edge ahead so this is going to be an interesting place to hang out we'll see what we can see and then we look out into the ocean Oh, wow. You look down and it's like... It's a vertigo. Whoa, it's fine here. My goodness. Fulmers dashing around and then in the water. Great rafts of guillemots. Wow. So, we're on the cliff edge. There are nesting birds on the top. Uh, razor bills. Just hundreds of thousands of birds in the sea and uh, what a spot beautiful thrift growing on the cliff edge pink flowers like little tufts <gasps> the former came so close within touching distance the birds come and go from there oh yeah precipitous there's this rock stacking and it's just covered in guillemot nests well, I'm saying guillemot this, they just stand there. Uh, they didn't really make a nest. Fulmers. Yeah, single, single razor bills. Oh, old puffins down below. A load of puffins down at uh, bustling, bustling sea city, seabird city. Well, this is absolutely stunning. Every available ledge is taken with a, a nesting bird. It's a bit more sound. Are they almost a, a basic gull? No, they're, they're a petrel. Oh. Which is superficially gull-like bird, but they've got a sort of snout which can fire oil out of. But yeah, the petrels are closer to albatrosses. Pretty common here, very common here. I think they're pretty pretty common. Well, you can see them around most of the coast. Look at that, lovely. 
Guillemots would be. You don't tend to see Guillemots so much, do you? Uh, I mean, you know, they can be super common where they exist. And look, when you look out there, that's probably yeah. five or six thousand Guillemots out there. Rafts of them. I think this is the biggest Guillemot population in the UK, though. Yeah. 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 But they do, so we haven't got to the great stack yet. Stack has an incredible density of seabirds, so uh, right, so okay. still to come. So we're really just this is just a taster. Not amazing. The stack is nearly impossible to climb from the bottom. More people have stood on the moon than have reached the top of it. Well, that's quite a good detail. That's a great detail. Just had a small picnic on the top of the cliffs, and it really is just a mar most marvellous place to relax and enjoy looking up to sea so calmly and uh, just walking down the cliff and past some thrift what can you see oh my goodness on the sandstone stack yeah you need to, you really need to get your binoculars out but um there's several ledges. There's one very low down, and then there's actually one where you can see a lot of white on it. Oh yes, yes, it's sort of the guano of the. Uh, that's all there. But what's amazing is, is, is absolutely hundreds of them all next to each other. They're all uh, jammed together, and much, much closer together than they are on this side. It's where the guillemots are nesting in the in the fault lines in the cliff, yeah. and they're just the droppings have created have coloured the whole cliff white. I bet the smell is incredible. There's puffins coming right to the top here. And they're all in a line. How they, you know, their eggs are designed not to roll off. They're a specific sort of oval shape. Oh, Fulmer came right over your head. Mm. You can even hear a wren in amongst this colony. This is the noise of Fulmers coming back to their nests. Good view of some of them here chatty, as well. Pretty chatty, these fulvers here. Right inside the nests. They, they yeah, throw yeah. their heads back and really create this funny guttural. Um. They may come in and feed the other partner who's. Doesn't the chicks have hurt yet for most of these birds? So that sort of. This, half the colony is at sea just fishing and all hanging out, and half is. The other half uh, incubating the eggs. But these fulmer couples are quite sweet with their beak. They make these little beak kind of petting. Yeah. You know, very sweetly done. It's so hot I'm going to have to wear a hat. This is ridiculous. Oh. And uh, Scarlet goes up. The bonksy skewer comes right overhead. Orchids in the grass. What an incredible spot. To my right is the Great Gulf as the cliffs fall away to the sea. And then a vast bay, distant sandy beaches and barren looking hills of the very far north of Scotland. And almost any other day it would be so oh, tough going. But it's just a It's just a glorious, glorious day. We're so lucky. This is 
is a rather epic path high on the cliff top winds its way not right on the cliff edge fortunately because I'm not sure I could deal with that but uh, I feel sort of it's just an astonishing place I'm so used to sort of having to hunt for wildlife in the countryside really sort of strain to see fleeting glimpses or hear snatches of song whereas here if I put my binoculars out if I look out to see just that great skewers have skimmed past me and uh, there's another great stack of rock here and another great gulf of oh, this is an even bigger colony we spent a lot of time at the previous colony but this one's massive skewer high above the slopes purple with thrift this incredible incredible seabird city coming up we thought the first one was impressive. This one is just huge. So this meadow pipit eat little flies in the grass and just making its funny little call. And this is a great cleft of an inlet with cliffs and there's a rock stack with thousands of guillemots on it. And short cropped turf under my feet cropped by rabbits and then splashes of the most beautiful pink thrift little pin cushions of like the flowers of chives and uh, just a colossal colony I get a bit of a noise from it here we go down into a rather terrifying drop. But the water is falling off the edge. A tiny stream creating this little mist of rain falling into the guillemots on every ledge. It's astonishing. This isn't there. The cauldron of birds. We've got the sea below. So I'm looking down onto the stack now, and as you can hear, it's just like a whirl of different seabirds' voices, mostly kitty rakes and guillemots. And there are some razor bills in there which are more sort of loners. The kitty rakes and razor bills are all nest and great colonies, but they're on the very top of the stack. There's like a sort of very nice green lawn of thrift and, and uh, other wildflowers. And then in amongst that are loads of little comical heads of puffins, 50 or 60, maybe more. And they're obviously buried up there, we've got some nesting areas, and they seem to be happy. So, it's an incredible place, uh, just the sheer drop to the bottom. And the 
see so swirling and swishing them in out and just the constant turn and frame of those fullness at the top there. Guillemots, uh, it's like confetti or ashes from a fire that's caught in the wind and just swirling around and the fullness comes so close within you know, two or three feet the great blade-like wings. Yes, it takes your breath away being so close to the edge. So, uh, an astonishing place I'm just going to come away because it's quite overwhelming, sensory, sensory overload. Just incredible. I'd quite like to see one come in with a fish in its beak. I haven't seen any of that. Well, you see pictures of puffins, don't you, with sunbills hanging out? Yeah, it's because they haven't got chicks at the moment, so they're not really... Yeah. They don't need to feed. They just, they're just... You know, what's happening is they're just flying in and replacing the other partner, I think. Oh, hang on a minute, what's going on here? There's some puffin action going on. Hot puffin action. Huffin and puffin. What? Well, on the top. It's looked like it's pecking something brown. Oh, is it to get a whiff of the... Uh... Yeah, oh, yeah, just them. Yeah, oh. if the wind changed direction, you get a real whiff of um, back of chip shop. <laughs> <laughs> there's, a, there's a great there's a great black-back gull on the edge there. Now, they will swoop in and eat puffins when they want to. But it's weird that they're, they're coexisting so peacefully at the moment. It's that it's black it. thing that's just taken off. There. That's a... Flapping like crazy. That's a oh, did you, did you see it squirt yeah. it? Yeah. That's the coffin. Yeah. yeah. Their wing beaks seem to be like three times that of the other birds. And as you sweep around the, the cliffs, you get a view out to sea through the main cliff and then the stack, and it's really quite dramatic. Wow, yes, yeah, just looking, peering just over the edge of the cliff, there are a couple of lovely formers. A really good look at their beaks. Oh, they've got these beautiful eyebrows and great rossy black eyes. Their perfection. Oh look, look, lots of great skewer action here, chasing each other. Practicing their bullying. Yeah, it's sort of pirate school. Yeah. You don't become top bully without yeah, putting the hours in, you know. <laughs> it's like it really is survival of the fittest. There's no kindness. Although the, the fullness look very tender towards each other, then you realise that, as John was saying, a bigger, stronger male comes in and kicks out the other male, and the females equally. Well, you'll do, <laughs> you guy. There are all these amazing little ponds they're on top here. They're yeah. like they're like infinity pools, aren't they? With yeah. a million pound view. That absolutely. Yeah, crystal clear water, and I think full of newts. Yeah, as we found earlier. Yeah, like look. standard infinity pool. Look at that. tons of newts in here. Oh yeah. Oh, very yeah. small I can newts. See four, five. Just in there's, this. There's, there's no couple of meters. There's very little else in here. Yeah. We must be finding plenty of food from the, the larvae of insects and things. That, yeah. And then I guess they get eaten by the seabirds, but. There's nothing really fishing for them. Maybe they taste revolting. I'm not sure. I'd... You never really appealed. It's not on our foraging list, is it? No, no. <laughs> Fried newt tails. <laughs> yes, it's a, it's a local hender speciality. There's plenty of them. This is the 
kitty when you colony. think you've seen yeah. <laughs> enough birds. Uh, this is the, kit the main kitty wake colony, and this should be much higher pitched calls. Do you know why they sort of all flock together? Safety, why? really. Is I it? think, you know, there's not that many cliffs like this, so. And it's perfectly safe from foxes. I mean, obviously, there are yeah. aerial predators, but when you've got so many birds there, it's quite difficult for to be singled out by a skier right, yeah, or yeah. a. So we can see the Outer Hebrides here. Harris, Lewis. They call this the minch, don't they? The minch. I think that's what they call it. This, this stretch of water stretch between. Stretch of water between the inner and the outer heavily. Yeah, it's just on the horizon. Islands rising out of the out of the edge of the sea. The outer Hebrides. Now those would be places to go. But for now, we're still on hand of climbing again. Done a circumnavigation of Handa, and it's been just so amazing to come somewhere totally different from what I'm used to. Seaside for a start, but also just extraordinary, extraordinary sort of bird life here. Just a just a reminder that our seas still teem with life, and they need to be protected. This is a rare and precious, rare and precious place. It would be good if um, more people came to these places to support the work of the Scottish Wildlife Trust, the RSPB and others and um, get to love it. Chaps, what do you think? We haven't got to the seals yet. What? The seals? There's a load of seals down there, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I ordered, I ordered killer whales, dolphins, best seals. Best place on the island to see seals. I've never been so disappointed in all my life. Right, let's go and see seals. Uh, <laughs> might have even got round there just to check my numbers. There's oh, one right. number to go, number oh, six. Oh, right, okay. That's, that's not stop. I thought we were... A little bit of voice to catch you. Lovely, aren't they? They look so inviting. Proper little smugglers in, in yeah, that, yeah, aren't yeah. they? So, just on this last bay, there are a little flock of ida, which are sea ducks. Black and white markings, and they have them fantastic. Yeah, Ida. A load of Idas. And, uh... Seen the seal? Oh, the seal, little head pointing out. Oh, that's... Yes. Oh, yeah, a little snout pointing out. Oh, and another one on the right. A couple of seals. Yeah, Rabbits and seals. Just heads pointing out, poking out like little... They're so shiny, they really glint in the... Well, that's good to have seen seals right at mm. the end. There's funny little noises of the eiders, I think. Quite a good talent. Yeah. Just a lovely little bay surrounded by seaweed strewn rocks and a little headland pointing out. 
must be low tide. Thoroughly wonderful day and just such a calming place to come. No, just a boat in and out. Very relaxed way of doing things. You just turn up, you don't have to book because they can just shuttle people back and forward. And eventually, you're, uh, if like us, you didn't bring lunch, which is a big mistake, that's what gets you off the island. But I've no doubt I'll be back. But this has been a wonderful day. And there's obviously a lot more to discover here. Well, that's a taster of Handa, a seabird colony, island of delights. And I'm sure we'll be having more adventures. But for now, I'm going to say goodbye. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Oh, it's such a clutch pickup, Dave. I was worried we'd bring back the same team. I meant those blackout motorized shades. Blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds. Hard to install? No, it's easy. I installed these and then got some for my mom, too. She talked to a design consultant for free and scheduled a professional measure and install. Hall of Fame son. They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings in the world. Blinds.com is the GOAT. The GOAT. Go to Blinds.com for 40% off site-wide. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. With milder weather and longer days on the way, now is the time to dust off your hiking boots and enjoy the great British countryside. And wherever you go, whatever the terrain, Regatta Great Outdoors has the right footwear for any adventure. From grassy hills to rocky trails and even paved footpaths, there's a Regatta shoe to suit your walking preferences. Discover lightweight trainers for day-to-day wear or walking shoes for multi-day hikes like the brand new Samaris 3. Combining comfort with performance, the Samaras 3 is available as a shoe and boot for both men and women and is ideal for all your hiking pursuits. Tech Foam InSock technology supports your foot, while an EVA midsole and shock-absorbing heel protects you from bumps along the way. Plus, it's waterproof and breathable, so your feet stay dry no matter the weather. Available to shop in stores nationwide and at regatta.com. So that really was an island of delights. And, well, that was recorded back in May. So right at the beginning of the seabird breeding season. And so there weren't any chicks or uh, just a few eggs at the time, but still hopefully got a sense of just the sheer numbers of tens of thousands of birds of all different species. It's so wonderful to go somewhere where the wildlife completely dominates and humans are there just as guests. And talking about guests, and very welcome guests. I'm in the podcast studio with Jack and Hannah, who helped make the podcast. I hope you enjoyed that little journey to to the wilds of the of the north. Have you ever? Is that your is that your first adventure on a, on a wild island of seabirds? Is that something you've ever encountered before? So I've been on holiday a couple of times and uh, done a little trip around Skoma Island and saw a lot of puffins and and uh, birds like that. No, that's an amazing place. Was that when you were quite young then? I uh, know I've been quite a few times over the over the years. I've been 
Young and old. <laughs> <laughs> You're still young. You're only young. Yes, exactly. It's only a couple of years ago. That is an amazing place. Mm. I, we could have made this whole season about islands because we've, and we're off to sail in the Hebrides. We're off also to Tyree and Anglesey. So we could do an island special. But um, aren't we on, we're on an island right now? Everything's on an island. Well, I suppose too big, we are. Too big. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Little yeah. island. <laughs> True. It's an island special. <laughs> um, Skoma's wonderful. I remember going there and, and it's just, well, I guess, I mean, they're quite similar in some ways because you've got those huge stacks of, of seabird cities on Skoma. But instead of puffins on hand, obviously, as you'd have heard, you get these skewers, amazing big pirate, piratical birds, rather, rather than these rather, rather sort of charming, clownish uh, puffins, so I suppose Skoma for a soft. If you want the soft, <laughs> the, the the soft experience and hander for the, yeah. the real tough guys. My um, biggest sadness though was when I was there with, as you heard, with my two friends Joel and Gav. We, we were just hearing some stories about avian flu, which is this horrible disease which is really affecting wild birds and domestic birds and uh, and game birds. But since then, there's been a massive, uh, the skewer populations around the coasts of Britain have really been affected oh, in a horrific way. And there's just been tens of thousands of, of seabirds dying of this disease. And so we've actually done an article, it's on our website, countryfile.com, if you want to find out a little bit more about the extent of, of the avian flu epidemic. So it's, although it's a subject I didn't want to dwell on too much in the podcast, it is a big, serious issue. And um, yeah. Saddens me. However, I, I do have an interest. Well, this is this is also a bit downbeat, but I do have. I've since going on hand. I know Joel. He was our historian, but he he missed, he missed this story, which is that Hander uh, used to be where they would bury the dead in that part of the world. So the main uh, people who died on the mainland were often shipped off to Hander to be buried because their bodies, uh, the graveyards, would be robbed by. Predators such as wolves, which are still quite common in, I think, the 16th, 17th century. Even into the 18th century, there were still wolves up there. And I found this poem. I was reading about this story, and there was this incredible poem. So I don't know. Would you mind me reading it to you? Not at all. Oh, listen to this. Okay, um, you're going to get it anyway. (laughs) So this is a poem about the wolves raiding graveyards. And it's from the book of Highland Minstrelsy, uh, written in the 19th century. So it starts, He climbeth the guarding dyke, he leapeth the hurdle bars, he steals the sheep from the pen and fish from the boathouse spars, and he digs the dead from out of the sod and gnaws them under the stars. Thus every grave we dug, the hungry wolf up tore, and every morn the sod was strewn with bones and gore. Our mother earth had denied us rest on Edda Chalice's shore. Ooh, <laughs> what a poem to write. I mean, so grim. So that's why they would take the bodies off to Handa. So perhaps it's an interesting extra dimension. So on that happy note. <laughs> so from poems on the Scottish Highlands to our own podcast postbag, where we've had a lovely message in recently. So we've had a letter through from um, Honor Page and she's talking about an episode 160 from our last season where we met Totty, the wild bee rescuer. She says, oh wow, what a fantastic lady Totty is. 
I love listening to the podcast. It's the highlight of my week. But I just had to write in to say that I could have listened to Totty talking about bees all day. Her wisdom and knowledge was amazing. Tani was very brave and obviously had complete confidence in Totty. Could I please also have the recipe for your wife's harvest plum flapjacks, Fergus? They sounded absolutely delicious. Honor, thank you so much for that lovely message. Um, I agree. Totty was just the most engaging, inspirational person to talk to. I'm very envious of Tanya, who's also one of our team, who went down to Hampshire to, to interview Totty and meet her bees. And it was there was quite a lot of jeopardy. Uh, as for the plum flapjack recipe, yeah, that's um, one you can find on BBC Good Foods website. So if you search up plum flapjacks, we tasted them in the studio, which is how you got to you got to hear about that. Well, it is that time of year, of, and it's, it seems a good time to ask you, chaps, have you been harvesting and making delicious things apart from plum flapjacks? Yeah, I, I have actually. I've done some baking recently that's been a bit uh, autumnal. What sort of, what have you been up to? Well, um, I, I did a recipe for a bakewell, I guess it was a bakewell tart, but rather than cherries, uh, I went for blackberries. Oh, blackberry bakewell sounds yeah. good. So a use a blackberry conserve, I guess, for mm. a uh, in it, and then some bla- actual blackberries picked from the bushes uh, Goodness on the me. top. And it's not here, Jack. It's not okay. It was, but it's not anymore because you had the chance of grabbing some. Oh, okay, so I've missed out. On you this. went for the brownie. Sometimes we can be so busy here, we miss these delights. Sounds great. Good. Uh, can anyone find that recipe, or is it a sort of Jack Bateman special taken to the grave? It's, and it's in a recipe book I've got, so I don't know if it's available online. But essentially, I'm pretty sure it's just a bake and yeah, normal Bakewell swap, recipe, swap and just stick a bit of swap your cherries for Bakewell, yeah. uh, for blackberries. And I, th- I mean, I think you could do it with anything. I think it's in a way, it's quite genius because I think you could just change the fruit, change the berry, yeah. and it. You've got a different sort of cake the whole, for, that suits the season you're in. Goodness me. Well, there we are. Blackberry Bakewells, who knew? Hannah, any? Well, our good friend Kev um, gave us some saps, some little happy little Kevin mushrooms. Kevin Parr, yep. angler Kevin Parr. We're not allowed to talk about that episode, but we did meet <laughs> Kevin <laughs> Parr. We're talk about the mushrooms. We're not allowed to talk about Kevin Parr, the canal, and the most wonderful day we've ever had, but that's coming later in the season. <laughs> Tell us about the seps, because I didn't take any. You and Jack had them. I cooked mine with probably slightly too much butter and sage and then had them on toast with a tiny bit of ghost cheese. It's just the nicest. Was it? Yes. Jack, similar. You guys, um, that's... So, Kev, if I know you're listening. A um, few more seps next time. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've also been doing some blackberry sort of thing, but I've been making blackberry wine. Now, I know in the last episode, we tasted my four-year-old blackberry and elderberry wine, which I think got some plaudits. I don't, you know, it's, it's not Chateau Neuf de Pap or Petrus 82, but it's, it's Abergavenny 2018, and that's not a bad thing. A Collins special. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah it's the terroir de Collins. And so I'm going for pure blackberries, doing lots of it, 12 bottles, so... We'll, we'll, we'll taste one at Christmas and just see how it's going. That seems really soon. Too, uh, too young? I don't know. Should, well, I don't really know anything about wine, but I might, think it takes a long time. You might be right. You might be right. Well, uh, we'll play it by ear, but I, I look forward to sharing that with you. Lots of other harvesty things going on, but I'm not going to tell you all today. I'll save it for the whole season. You tease. Uh-huh. Um, talking of recipes and cooking and harvesting, we've got 
a very special guest, known for his recipes, his connections to the countryside, a real hero of mine, complete hero of mine. In fact, a bit of a man crush, which I've had for at least 20 years on this, on this guy. Find out who it is by joining us next week. And in the meantime, do get in touch. You can email me, editor at countryfile.com, or leave likes and feedback on whichever podcast provider you use. We love to hear your tales and thoughts on what we've been doing. But for now, from Handa, from the podcast studio, it's goodbye. Whether it's gloriously sunny or a spring downpour, you can always get outdoors with regatta. So what are you waiting for? Find a route, grab your walking shoes and start exploring. Regatta Great Outdoors offers all types of performance footwear, from technical hiking boots for regular ramblers to durable walking shoes for the whole family. With waterproof and breathable qualities, shock-absorbing comfort and superior grip, regatta footwear is designed to withstand whatever challenges Mother Nature throws your way. Discover the range in stores nationwide and at regatta.com.